1: Hello everyone. You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast. I am Jordan Hall and I'm pumped to be joined by the Brooke Destro. Brooke, we are live at Rivers Casino in Philadelphia. There was some news the other day about the five restricted free agents for the Flyers getting their qualifying offers. We're going to look at those five players, but before we do so, let's hit on the two new special advisors to the team's hockey operations, John LeClaire and Patrick Sharp. That came out this week two former Flyers. Brooke, I think it's safe to say there's a little bit of a buzz about some fans maybe not loving that they're hiring so many Uh. former Flyers. (laughs) Does it bother you? No. What do you think?
0: No. And that's the end of my statement. No, No. I'm kidding. (laughs) Um, Well, no, and I will elaborate. So I don't know if... People are aware of this, but every team in the National Hockey League hires former players in the organization. And I want to stress this and how different it is going to be this time around for the Flyers because they're not taking the same four or five names that have been within the franchise for decades, putting their names into a hat and drawing straws and being like, okay, now you go here and you go here and you go here. But it's the same alumni. It's different. And are we really calling Patrick Sharp
1: a former, a former
0: Flyer with 66 games?
1: <laughs> right.
0: I mean, listen, whatever floats your boat. No, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's funny because I, I saw a tweet the other day, actually, that was like, OK, I see the requirements for Flyers front office is playing a singular game in a flyers uniform and owning a suit and it made me laugh
1: (laughs) no the stuff on social media is funny oh yeah Yeah, absolutely but i don't Don't think
0: i don't think that this is like erring on the side of caution like oh here we go again and you i think that sharp and Leclaire are on such opposite sides of the spectrum in terms of flyers alumni again are we calling sharp alumni i (laughs) guess so um and don't even get me started on the worst trade in NHL modern day history. Um, we'll see. That, that one worked
1: out in oh. an interesting way.
0: <laughs> Whatever Chicago. <laughs> um, but you look at it this way and you have sharp who went on to be a part of a dynasty in Chicago, starting with 2010. And that is the furthest I will elaborate on the 2010 cup for Chicago <laughs> for my own mental health reasons. Um, but then, You flip the script to LeClaire, who is one of the most loved flyers of all time, really, who was on one of the most famous lines in franchise history. Mm. I mean, when you look at the flyers and the history of them and you're like, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? You're like, "Okay, the Broad Street Bullies. What's the second thing that comes to your mind? Legion of Doom? Yeah. Legion of Doom. Yeah. I don't think anybody who sees LeClaire on a front office title is going to be like, oh, my God. John LeClaire? Why John LeClaire? It's John LeClaire. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So I just, I think people need to give them a chance. I think that this is much different than what we have seen in the past in terms of former alumni now coming to work for the organization. And they're both winners. They do both have cups. Yeah. And ultimately, everyone's goal is to bring a Stanley Cup home. Oh, my God. When when Vegas, when Mark Stone lifted that cup the other day, (laughs) I just wanted to cry. I really did, because it's the best moment in sports. I'm 100 percent biased. I want that cup in Philadelphia (laughs) more than I need air to breathe.
1: (laughs) And you need air to breathe. And I need recently. air to breathe.
0: Yes, I have a sinus infection, <laughs> and it is air is coming. It's very difficult to come yes. by right now. So whatever it takes, I I like the moves. I do. And sorry, I just went on like I don't even know how long I just talked no, for. Nice little rant. But it's just give the guys a chance. It's not the same rotational people that have been in the front office. Like, okay, you're now in hockey ops. Oh, we're gonna send you down to Lehigh. Like, as blah 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 blah. Yeah. Like,
1: <laughs> no, these. these Give them a chance. Are, yeah, these are not retreads. And uh, for those listening, Brooke Destra is recording through an upper body injury. So impressive stuff there. Day to day. Day to day. Um, but no, I, I, I honestly, I don't care. I don't care. Who cares that they're former Flyers? Um, I like, and if people need some comfort here with these hires like to me these two guys john leclair and patrick sharp are going to be dealing with prospect development and then they're going to be reporting back to danny brayer keith jones people in the front office these two guys have four stanley cups between them patrick sharp was a third round pick he was not highly touted he went on to have a very successful career three stanley cups four-time 30 goal scorer john leclair was a second round pick wasn't crazy highly touted, wasn't a you know a top 5, 10 pick in the NHL, and is a Flyers Hall of Famer, has played in 116 career playoff games in this city, understands what it takes to play in a city like Philadelphia. So these guys have an idea of what it takes to build winning habits at an early age. They probably have an idea of what it takes to develop prospects. So I really have no problem with it. As long as the Flyers are making wise decisions, whether they're a former Flyer or not, make good decisions um, and start building the right way. So, again, uh, I just have no problem with it. I really no, don't care that they're former Flyers. Um, and quite frankly, Sharp and LeClaire are not going to be making decisions. They're going to be reporting back. They're going to be working with kids, uh, prospects in the organization. They're going to be traveling um, and reporting back. They're not making decisions. So. Uh, really don't care. Uh, and I think these guys have experience.
0: I'll take it. Yes. I'll take it. And you really just, right from the jump, like, I knew Danny Breer was going to come in like guns a-blazing. Yeah. But this man is building an army, an army in the front office. And I, for one, am excited. Yeah. And I cannot tell you how long it has been since I was excited about front office moves. You're right. <laughs> and- so I think that that is just, you know. Case in point, if you're excited about hockey ops, I guess we have it, it's going to be exciting to see how the team unfolds. I don't know. <laughs> right, it's it's, <laughs>
1: it's mid June and the team is certainly making news. Uh, I think they've basically had news come out every single day this week: Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Something has come out, uh, so they're definitely out there. And I definitely feel the organization is pretty definitely privy to like outside perception. Clearly, they don't care that some people are bothered by former Flyers. They're going to do it. I mean, John Tortorella at that massive press conference said, why are, flyer, why are former Flyers looked at like they're diseased? So they really clearly do not care that they're hiring some former Flyers. And it's not a terrible thing if they're taking a strong stance and and going against maybe what some people feel outside the organization.
0: Absolutely.
1: But Brooke, we're going to get into these five restricted free agents. Uh, Noah, Cates, Morgan Frost, Cam York, Ola Lixell and Ronnie Adderd all received qualifying offers the other day. Uh, it's essentially the the beginning of the negotiation process for these restricted free agents to get their new deals. So we figure, why not look at some expectations for these guys? Maybe um, a player that has the highest expectation among the group, and maybe a guy that could surprise us this year among that five player group. So, Brooke, I'll start with you. Among those five guys, who, who are you maybe most um, excited about? And Uh, maybe a player that needs to take the biggest steps next year in your mind.
0: Yeah, so I honestly feel like all five of these guys, for many different reasons, have something to prove this next season. But I'm going to go with Cam York for a plethora of reasons. But let's just start with the fact that I really don't know what this blue line is going to look like Mm -hmm. next season for the Flyers. Like There are still a few contracts up in the air that may not be here next year. And I just think he had a whole lot to prove after being sent down and not making that initial opening night roster last year. And I am very interested to see how he plays on his true side. I I think that it was very interesting and to watch him kind of develop on the right side when he was playing alongside Provorov. Provorov is now gone. So who's to say that You know, once he gets consistency back on his strong side, back in his strong suit, he's got um, just under a full season under his belt now in professional games with the Flyers. Who's to say that he really doesn't just take that next step and really just kind of commands himself as one of those top two guys and locks himself in? Because you don't really, I think, I think the level of responsibility is going to shoot up for him more, and he is that calm cool collected kind of presence which is crazy because of how young he is um that he's just kind of going to take on that leadership role and i i really hope that he i really hope that he impresses and i mean you like i said i am going to touch on a handful of um contracts like you don't know if tony d'angelo is going to be here next year you don't know if rasmus first is going to be here next year and if that's the case who's the longest tenured Blue Liner for the Flyers, Travis Sandheim, He's not much older yeah. than Cam York, so you're going to go from, you know, playing alongside a handful of guys who have been in the league for a while to the potential of being like top two le- longest players. So I think that it's it's a lot of responsibility, but I don't see him, you know, falling short of expectations.
1: York is a guy that I think a lot of people are expecting to have a lot more on his plate next season there was always debate about the Flyers probably in-house believed Cam York ceiling was top pair defenseman, right? But then Ivan Provrov plays exactly where he plays, lefty shot, top pair guy. So it was like, how's that going to work? Is Cam York never really going to be a top pair guy? Is he going to play his offside? Provrov is gone. I believe probably in-house. That went into the decision of trading Provrov was we foresee Cam York being a top pair left shot guy. Uh, so expectations, I think, certainly are going to go up for him uh, next season, Brooke. Absolutely. I, I, for me, it's Morgan Frost. I really think he has raised the bar big time. I think this season, it was about, can he be an everyday guy? Can he, pr- can he produce consistently as an everyday NHL? Or this was his first full crack at an NHL season, full length, 82 games. He played 81, was probably the team's best scorer. From January on, I thought he really answered the bell uh, in a one-year, prove-it type of deal. So now he's up for a new deal. I don't know exactly what he's going to get, but I believe it'll certainly be more long-term than one year. And I think everyone's going to want to see the next step from him. Can he be a second line? Can he even flirt with a top-line role where he is consistently producing offense? Uh, 19 goals, which I think more more than people expected. So can he get into the 20-goal range? Uh, Can he be one of their top playmakers night in and night out? And can he start looking like a piece to a winning team? I think Frostbrook, in my eyes, really raised the bar and expectations for himself.
0: Yeah. So I think a lot of people kind of went and hit the panic button um, when you saw little spurts of him with the Flyers in the past. Like, okay, his game is not translating to the NHL level. But everybody develops differently. You know, you're not going to get those, you know, those rare prospects that are going to be drafted and in the league right from the jump and be that franchise-altering player. And you, you know, you see the numbers that Frost put up in the OHL, and you were like, "Oh my God, this kid is going to be the next pure shooter for the Flyers." It took a little bit of time, but I really liked what he said in his exit interviews, and you had touched on this um, in. When you were covering the RFA's on NBCSportsPhilly.com, and he basically just said that he—it was the biggest year of his life, yeah. and that he's probably going to say that every year that he plays in the league. And I—I I really want to commend him for that because he—he he acknowledged the fact that he grew this year and he took a big step, but there is so much more room for improvement. And you know, you—you—you're kind of curious again, where he's going to fall on the roster next year, because where does Kevin Hayes fall? Is he still with us next? Is he still with the Flyers this upcoming season? Does Frost kind of really solidify that to that second center? I, you really don't know. Um. So I just, I think he's got an opportunity to really be, you know, a top six forward for this team, especially with the jump that he had. And I, He's a player that I've always been excited to see, like really hit a stride. And like you said, once the calendar year flipped to 2023, I think he really started to find it. And I think that a lot of that also has to do with John Tortorella just trusting him and giving him the ability to go out and, you know, play the game that he knows how to do. Yeah.
1: Catch all the sports action and more at Rivers Casino, Philadelphia. Whether it's the money line or the pass line, there's something for everyone, including a great sports book. Rivers Casino, Philadelphia. Philly loves a winner. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Brooke, I feel the first three names of these RFAs are being viewed as foundation pieces for the rebuild. And they really, I think, solidified um, their spots there this season. Noah Cates as a rookie looked like the team's best defensive forward organization loves him. Morgan Frost really answered the bell, um, looking like a piece that can play here every day and maybe be a top six player. Cam York could be a top pair of guy for the future. Ola Alexell and Ronnie Adder, could one of those two maybe push their way into the picture? I think they are very much two guys that it's wait and see organizations trying to figure out if they're going to be, big time pieces here moving forward.
0: Yeah. So I think that Adderd has a shot just because I just feel like that bottom pair is going to rotate pretty frequently Um, just to see what, you know, Lehigh Valley has to offer. I just feel like it's going to be a rotational of some of the younger guys. So I do think that it's, it's possible that he would be vying for one of those spots. Um, I think that after, you know, He was he was in the last round of cuts, you would say, before making the roster um, last training camp, and it took him a bit to kind of get his feet under him and be like, okay, you know, back to Lehigh Valley. I feel like some players may see that as a demotion, but it's really not. Like these are young guys; they're still working their way to the pros, you know, consistently. So I I really hope that they don't view it. And man, I want to talk about this later, but Lehigh Valley. Phantoms are going to be so fun to watch this yep. year. Okay, back to Ronnie Anderson.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I think they're going to be the work that trip to Allentown for a lot of Flyers. Fans.
0: Absolutely, Flyers Talk Pod Allentown edition. Allentown live. Oh. Oh.
1: <laughs> podcast producer Ben Berry. Absolutely not.
0: <laughs> All right, I'll produce that one. <laughs> um, but I just he he ended the season with twelve goals, thirty-two points, sixty-eight games with the Phantoms, and. Like I said again, you don't really know how Blue Line's going to look next year. So if a few of those, like older guys, get cleared out in terms of contract space, I, I do think he'll see a decent amount of time with the Flyers. Um, I think he's one of, I think he's the most interesting case out of the five RFAs that have been signed.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I really do. Uh, Adder, if I had to pick between him and Lucell, a guy that maybe could be. a more a part of this organization moving forward, I would say Adder. Uh, I like Will Alexell. I really appreciate where he's come from, from his draft year, uh, being a, a low round pick. Um, really good kid. Swedish uh, was one of the best scorers down in Lehigh Valley. I think his biggest challenge will be shedding that label of being a tweener. Yes. Uh, is he a really good AHL player, but then a guy that can't really um, crack it at a, at a full-time NHL clip. Uh, is he? Can he be a bottom sixer at the NHL level? Because he's more of a top sixer at the AHL level. I think he's gonna have to shed that label. Um, it's important to remember he wasn't drafted by this regime. Ronnie Adder was, uh, and you always need ready shot, bigger defenseman. And Adder definitely has, I think, a little more upside than like Sell. Uh, not saying Sell's not gonna be, you know, in the organization moving forward. I think he's gonna be a very valued member of the Phantoms, but I'm not sure there's real room for him to grab a spot. Whereas Ronnie Adder, I think, depending on what happens in this all season, Brooke, as you alluded to, uh, could, could have maybe a role to grab and could be that guy that is the next man up. But you know, when he's down to Lehigh, if there's an injury with the big club, he's that next guy up. Right. Uh, I think Adder's going to be a real fascinating player to follow moving forward, how much he grows uh, in his game. And if he can kind of work his way into the picture, because uh, John Tortorella said he wants the defensive picture to, to be younger next next season.
0: And they will be younger. Yeah. Manifesting.
1: Yes. Yeah. With the probe-rob <laughs> trade and uh, the, the potential of Tony D'Angelo possibly being moved, he has just one year left on his deal. And we really don't know exactly how Ristolainen and maybe Sandheim fit super long-term. I think Yeah, it looks like they're going to be here next year, in my opinion. But where do they fit? Two, three, four years from now, I guess we'll say.
0: Yeah. I do, I do really feel like now we're kind of shifting gears to active players, but I feel like D'Angelo, it makes a lot of sense for a trade deadline kind of move with the expiring contract. Whereas I would really try to move Rissalainen in the offseason. Just, and again, there's, it's nothing against Rissalainen. I actually very much like him on the Flyers. It's just contract that, it's bothering me so much. Yeah. Um, if you want to take a pay cut, Rasmus, (laughs) you're more than welcome to stay in Philadelphia.
1: (laughs) And I think that the good thing, if you're looking for a movable contract, Russell lines, I would say is more movable than St. Himes. Uh, St. Himes is just kicking in this season. He's stuck. Eight years. Glue. No move. Yeah. Russell lines is a five year deal, I believe. And it started last year. Um, it's less money, uh, probably more movable and Mr. is probably coming off one of the better years of his career. Maybe he was sheltered a little bit this season, uh, but definitely took major strides and has a playoff quality to him in terms of physicality in your face defense. Uh, Some teams might be intrigued by that. Yeah. Um,
0: For, for all the the NHL GMs who are listening to the Flyers talk podcast, Rasmus Ristelainen. (laughs) Ristelainen. Good guy. Yes. Good guy. (laughs) Good guy to have. (laughs) and i do mean that genuinely I, yeah. I hope that people don't think that that's sarcasm i do very much like him yeah just not your contract right <laughs> right
1: uh especially for the team with where the team is now
0: and where they're moving yes it just doesn't make much sense for him to stay the long haul
1: right if they if they feel like they could be three to four years from even being relevant in terms of contention doesn't really look like wrist line and definitely fits that uh so like these are big decisions they'll have. I still like Travis Sand I still think there's a ton there. He's shown us that he can do it. I think the flyers in house really want to work with him more and believe he can be a piece of this moving forward he's not He's not real old yet, and he is signed, whether people like the deal or not he 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 should be here. I think he will be here um perhaps uh discussions about him not being a part of this could come down the line, yeah. Uh, cuz it i think i believe it is a it's a no move clause and it becomes modified later on where uh he can be moved to a certain amount of teams or a certain number of teams but Brooke, no case i want to ask you about him yeah
0: and I know you, you have always been so high on Noah Cates yes. since he joined like rookie camp. <laughs> yeah. I remember you were like, I have to do this Noah Cates interview. I'm doing one on one with Noah Cates. I was yeah. like, Jordan Hall is locked <laughs> in on Noah Cates. It has
1: been fun. It has yeah. been fun to see him from that fifth round pick in 2017. I remember talking to him at his first development camp, skinny high schooler that had that real famous goal when he was in high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's been fun to watch him develop into an everyday guy now. Oh, yeah. Brooke, in your mind, there's been some comparisons to Sean Couturier by his teammates. Is that too premature or do you feel that this guy could eventually be a, a sulky caliber guy that produces offense and is your go-to defensive forward?
0: I do not think that the references should be taken lightly. I agree. And I mean, to draw comparisons and people I don't know where people are getting at now where they're saying Couturier was never a top-level, high-end NHL talent. Eh, shush. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he was. Before his injuries, That 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 is who he was. When yeah. you were looking at the Flyers, it was like, okay, Sean Couturier.
1: Yeah.
0: He is the guy.
1: He was a premier shutdown centerman. Exactly. Uh, before his injuries. He,
0: he earned the Selkie. He had the other nomination um, just, was it a year or two prior? And he's top-end talent. So for him to draw, for Noah Cates to draw any kind of comparison to such a well-respected player who is very damn good yeah. when he is healthy, I, I think that's a lot to be excited about. And you almost, you know, you're, you're so curious how the relationship between Cates and Couturier could pan out once he's back and playing compared to the office on ice dynamic of the two. I think that Cates can take sh- so many strides forward this year, learning from somebody who does have a very similar game and listen, I, I don't know. I I'm going to take it. I know that connect me was so high on Noah Cates being able to play alongside him. And I I'll just wrap that up. Cause you know how I ramble when I'm sick. No,
1: <laughs> no. It's, bro, good points. Uh, honestly, I, the connect me one that that's what caught my attention. Yes. That's a player that found his NHL success playing alongside Sean Couturier. Um, and then he played with Cates a lot this season and he went out of his way to say for case to remind me that much of Couturier in his first year, um, really says something. I don't think Kinnockney was just going out of his way to say that. No. I mean, this is a guy that's experienced both players uh, close up, so that was the one that that definitely uh, caught my eyes. Now, for Cates, I think the challenge will be producing more offensively. I think that's the next, the next thing on his plate. Uh, if you want to be a sulky caliber guy, those guys produce offensively. I mean, Sean Couturier is a two-time thirty-goal scorer. So does No Cates have thirty goals in his future in one season? I'm not sure yet, but uh. I do think it's real promising that he was a fifth-round pick. Uh, Those guys don't always make the NHL. Now he looks like he's going to be a shutdown kind of center or a guy that you can at least rely on late in games, up a goal, down a goal. Uh, That's real promising. Yeah, You got to look at the small victories when you're rebuilding, and I think Noah Cates is a small victory in the sense that he's a part of this uh, and was drafted as a fifth-rounder in 2017.
0: Right, and I I also do want to preface by saying us talking about these restricted free agents. Nothing they may not even be here yeah. to start the season, yeah. you know? So, and I I am fully on board with everybody can move this off-season. There are no there are no must-save people. Yeah. If you are going and making the leap to a rebuild, everyone is on the table. But when you're looking at these five players and in terms of their upside, if you guys stick around, I really hope No Cates is one of them just because you can't have enough two-way centers that are really good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that are really good. So if Cates really gets that offensive side of his game connecting, I know he struggled with face-offs a lot um, this season. However, it it really was just again his first full season with the Flyers. You know, who, who knows, you know, you get the sophomore slump potentials, but I just, I don't know. There's, there's so much possibility for him and I'm really, I'm really rooting, I'm really rooting for Noah Cates.
1: And I think the, the three guys that we've mentioned, Cates, Frost, York, part of rebuilds is getting young players to take major strides and be cost effective as well. Uh, you can't have, like, if you're trying to rebuild and you're trying to gain cap space and, and build young players into your lineup. Uh, You have to get them at cost-effective deals. I think all three are going to be cost-effective. I don't know what they're going to get for their new deals, but I don't think they're going to break the bank right now, at least not yet. Potentially, maybe some of these three guys uh, down the line could, yeah, garner major, you know, deals. But right now, I think they're still going to be cost-effective and they have the potential to be foundation pieces. And that's crucial because as we all know, the Flyers need to get out of, Some cap struggles, they need to clear, you know, clear way for when eventually down the line, if they feel like they're about to take a step, they can go out and they can maybe have some fun in free agency. They're not there yet, but you have to eventually do that. uh, Make way cap wise and you get it. You do that by making young players, having young players take big strides uh, and do it, not making a ton of money.
0: Yeah. And I, I also do think that with these specific three players, I think responsibility is going to fall on them well. Like I touched on it when we were talking about Cam York, but I feel like being given that level of responsibility and trust in your game mm-hmm. is only going to amplify it. Like I don't think that those are gonna be players who cower under pressure. Yeah. Which is really good in terms of the sense of, you know, they're gonna be around, hopefully. Yeah. Let's let's see what they can do with this responsibility
1: spot on uh it will be very interesting to see how much more these players can do when there's more on their plate yeah um i think they got their feet wet last year they played full seasons but a lot of times they were playing with maybe some veteran players um can they start to become more of the guys here uh all worth watching and brooke there's going to be a ton more to talk about coming up here we have the entry draft getting closer and closer in late june free agency starts july 1 we'll keep an eye on these restricted free agents for we when are, they might sign
0: we are going to have a fun off season yes, jordan hall and fun. again when is the last time i said the flyers are going to have a fun off Off season? season
1: exactly Ooh-hoo. uh definitely an off season with tons of questions and a lot of unknowns we'll have it all covered right here on the flyers talk podcast Brooke Desha. Thank you so much for joining me. Great seeing you. Great chatting with you. Feel better. Thank we will you. talk to you next time. <laughs> ben Barry, our podcast producer and guru, thank you so much as well. And Flyers fans, of course, as always, thank you so much for listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, please rate and listen. And we can't wait to talk to you next time.